Welcome to the Mastering College to Career Podcast, where we're here to help you land your dream job. So if at any time during this episode you find any value, please make sure you take a screenshot and you share it with a friend. And don't forget, make sure you leave us a review on iTunes. That will mean the world. So without further ado, enjoy this episode. What's going on, podcast family? If you're one of the thousands of students that listen to this podcast and have aspirations to work for a Fortune 500 company, whether it's starting as an intern or then working there full-time after graduation, then I have a very special treat for you. I will be conducting multiple webinars each week on how to get a job or internship with a Fortune 500 company. And in this webinar, I'm gonna cover three big secrets. Uh, Secret number one, I am gonna show you exactly how to get your resume passed through or get your resume beat over 90% of other applicants. And then secret number two, I'm gonna teach you how to access the hidden job market where over 80% of jobs are filled. And then number three, I am gonna teach you how Fortune 500 companies handle campus recruitment and how you can take this insider secrets to your advantage. So if you wanna learn more, go to masteringcollege2career.com forward slash free training to register. Once you hit the register button, you will then have access to see all the times that I am doing this available. This is a free training, so you will have the opportunity to ask me all the questions that you want. So make sure you go to masteringcollege2career.com forward slash free training to register. See you guys all there. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to this episode of the Mastering College to Career podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Today, today I have an awesome person in this podcast. He's a friend. I met him through LinkedIn. It was a connection from a mutual friend, but I'm so excited to have Janaya Iqbal on the podcast. This man right here is killing the LinkedIn game. Um, and I'm just so excited. He is the founder of nodegree.com. He's a speaker and he also does some amazing LinkedIn live called LinkedIn Insomnia. Um, and I was part of it, but not at night. So if you guys know me, I go to bed early, but um, he did it during the day. But look, guys, I'm excited because he specializes in helping stu- uh, individuals with no degrees get jobs. And you're probably wondering why the heck I have him on the podcast. And the reason is the skills that you need to get a job, they're transferable, like whether you have a degree or no degree. And so we're just going to have a conversation on how he guides he, the people he works with to get jobs and how I guide students to get jobs. And the goal for you, for me, for you to this podcast is for you to pick up one or two things that you can do to help you more marketable and to help you land that job. So without further ado, my friend, how are you doing today? No, I'm doing well, man. You know, I'm just busy running around. I did a live show last night. I woke up like seven minutes before this podcast, but I'm ready to go. And you, you brought up a great point that a lot of the, the job strategies, whether you have a degree or not, they're very similar, right? Because I, I help people with resumes. I help people prep for interviews. And degree or not, they all face similar issues. 100%. You know, I think obviously there's, it's a little bit more challenging if you don't have a degree. And I think you, you have yeah. to work harder with, you know, with, with each individual to try to share their story. But Tell me a little bit about your strategy. So let's say that I am someone with no degree and I come to you for help. Where do you start? What do you do? Honestly, I ask a lot of questions because oftentimes a lot of people, when they're dealing with careers, 
people just ask them, what do you want to be? And they give a strategy or they'll give some cookie cutter advice. For me, I ask them, you know, what do you want to be? And then I ask them, but you never truly get an honest answer the first time. And you ask them like, what are you good at? What are you not good at? What do you see yourself doing? Why do you want to do it? So I ask a lot of questions because I, as you interact with a lot of people, I really like to get to know the person. And then I, I, I ask them or I tell them, I'll be like, are you sure you want to do that career? Cause based on what you're telling, or I'll say, Hey, you know what? That is a good career for you. And then I work a strategy. And then the thing is the strategy is different depending on the individual. If I meet someone who's like, you know, a go-getter certain type, I'll tell them, go hit up networking events or go do this. If I hear someone who's a little more quiet, I'll probably say, you know what? Go to one networking event a week, build up, apply more online. This is a strategy, but I always customize it for each person because it's like every person has different strengths and weaknesses and you have to sort of have, take that into account when giving them a strategy. Why do you think that is? Like, I see it too. It's like peeling layers of an onion and it's, and especially when you're trying to coach someone or mentor someone, I, I find it the same reason. It's like I find resistance and I find it that I have to ask at least three questions yeah. before I get the real answer. But the, the sooner that I can get the answer, the more I can help them, especially if we are in a time limit. Like, especially if, if I, if I have scheduled 30 minutes to work with you, like I can't spend all day with you. Right. Yeah. I, I need to try to get to the point as fast as I can. And I think this is an advice. Like, if, I mean, this is probably the first piece of advice that we, we've probably talked about more, but like, this is a piece of advice that as soon as you can take if is when you're working with someone, whether it's career services or somebody like us, open up, be honest. Be just, we're not here to judge you. We're, we're actually yeah. here to help you. And until you tell us, the real, your real motivation or your real driving force behind everything, we're not able to kind of create the right strategy for you. What are your yeah. thoughts? I, I, you know what? I don't get as much resistance, but the thing is the people that come to me are a different type anyway, because a college person coming to someone who's part of nodegree.com, they have some ideas or they get, they find me through referrals, but some people I get resistance. And the thing is, for people who give me resistance, honestly, I try to break down things logically. I try to say, okay, look, you want to go this, what do you feel is better? I find, Cause you ever heard of that strategy where if they figure it out themselves or you lead them to it, that's like a good way as opposed it's a to better telling, way. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. a, it's a better way. So I, so for some people I have to do that. Uh, and it's, I, you know why I think you have to peel back the layer, the onion is because everybody just has a lot of preconceived notions. Like, hey, I have to do this career or I want to do this or they're told. And it's just what they're used to. You go to college. I mean, you go to high school, college, and you go to a counselor and you say, hey, I want to become this. Immediately, they'll give you a strategy. And it's always not the best, but they'll give you a strategy for that. But they'll never ask why. Because honestly, they're not really incentivized to ask why, right? For me, it's like I want someone, I want referrals. I want people come. Actually, I don't want people coming back. I want people getting jobs so they don't have to come back. But I want to be, I want to get testimonials. I want to be successful. For that, it's like, I see too, too many people just being in jobs they're not suited for, that they hate. It's because no one asked them why. No one, you know, actually dug deep with them. That makes sense. And then I, I know you work a lot with resumes and interviewing prep. Like, what are, what are some of your techniques to get ready for the interview? 
Uh, so I have, so my third episode of my podcast is called how to prepare for an interview. So I recommend the no degree podcast. I recommend people check that out. But honestly, what I tell people say your answers out loud. Oftentimes we have these perfect answers in our head and then you go say it and it's totally different. And the fact is in an interview, you want to be as natural as possible, but this is like one of those oxymorons in order to be natural. You have to practice right? A lot of people watch me on LinkedIn Live and they say, you're such a natural. And it's like, yeah, I, I get I'm a natural, but it's not like I just picked up and one day I started live streaming and I'm so good at it. It's like, look, I spent a long time, like I spent like five years actively working on my public speaking skills. And it's through that that I'm a natural on camera. So same thing to be natural on in, in an interview, you have to practice, you have to do that. Just like you look at any professional speaker that's on stage, they're natural, but that's not the first time they're giving that talk. That's the 10, 20, 34. And the more times they've given that talk, the more natural they are. One of the things um, that's super impressive, I mean, we got connected by a mutual friend, Del Dupree, is how- He's a natural, dude, he's a natural on stage. Oh my, have you ever seen him on stage? Not on a big stage. Dude, if you watch his videos, dude, I've seen him on a big stage. You know, Dale has a very laid back personality. And even then you see it, but dude, he's so perfect on stage. Perfect. I got, I got to see it. I got to see it. But uh, so we got connected through Dell. And when we were sitting in the coffee shop in New York City, I remember one of the things that really stood out is how resourceful you are. Yeah, you got to be. Look, as a bootstrapped entrepreneur, like, and I don't want funding. It's like, you got to be resourceful. Right. If you have funding, yeah, you could spend 20K a month on this, 30K a month on this. You could you could do whatever as a resourceful. Because the thing is, as I'm growing, I want to make sure that I know where my money is going. And I also want to know what I'm ready to spend on as I get more money. And I think you just have to or else you'll just get burned. But tell me about how did how did you become resourceful and some like share some of the examples of the things that you've been resourceful for that like you're like, people yeah. will be like, damn, man, like, I, like, I'm so jealous that you did this. But like, yeah, and you're like, well, all you had to do was apply. Like, all you had to do yeah. is. No, you know what? The thing is, I read a lot, man. I read. It's like I've been reading forums since like high school. Like, dude, I have a Reddit account that's like 11 years old. Right. I've been on Reddit since I was like, this is like 2007, 2008. Like I was on Reddit. And honestly, I read a lot of forums. Like I'm always Googling. I always read about how other people do things because I may not do things the same exact way, but they give me a lot of inspiration or ideas. So funny thing is, it's like one of the reasons, one of the strategies I got for my business was off some random Reddit comment where I messaged the guy and this was like 2014, 2015. And that was one of the key things. That was one of the key drivers of me starting my business in a certain way at that point and off a comment. Right. And it's like, you kind of just have to, I'm always like dig deep in the dirt, go there, talk to people because I would say my biggest skill is knowing how to filter advice. Because if you go on the internet, you're going to get so much advice, right? You'll get advice. That's one thing advice that says the total opposite. So my main strength is I know how to filter what's good and what's not, what's going to work for me. What's not because you meet a lot of people, they'll give you advice. Oh, you need to do it this way. You need to do it that way. But I know what I need to do it for me personally. 
and for my company. Let's dive a little deeper into that because I think that's such an interesting uh, subject, right? I think that we live in a world and where we are drowning in information, but starving for knowledge, right? And as a student, nowadays with our phones that we can Google anything, we can research anything. There's books about anything. There's YouTube videos about anything. Yeah, yeah. How, like, what is the best, like, what advice, how do you filter advice? How do you... Oh. Like, how do you know what is good, what is bad? Like, when okay. at the end of the day, you might not know. Yeah, you know what? Experiences, obviously, as you read more, as you see more. But I would tell everyone, read a sales book and read a negotiation book. Because if you read a sales book, you can see through a lot of sales tactics. Because a lot of information online is, is like, is really sales. It's like packaged in dis- different ways. So once you can, because look, once you understand if someone's, how someone's selling to you, you can understand, is this person authentic or they just, or am I a sucker? So sales and negotiation, because negotiation allows you to see the tactics that people are using. So, you know, sales, negotiate, and you know, keep on reading about marketing because then you know, oh, is this YouTube? Oh yeah, this YouTube guy, he has millions of views, but then it's like, you could see, it's like, what are they really trying to aim at? Are they really trying to give me authentic advice or they are trying to sell me something and backend or increase their brand? Because once you know that, then you know whether or not they're a trusted source. Because oftentimes just, the biggest, yeah. But just because they, you know, at the end of the day, they're giving, you know, they're giving you some advice and then they're trying to lead you through their funnel. Doesn't necessarily mean that all of it is bad advice. I'm no, no, of course, of course. One of them, no, but some of them one, is, yeah, some should, of them is great. Yeah. Yeah. But again, it's, once you're aware that you're being sold, you can look at it a different way. Because a lot of people just have this naive thing like, oh, yeah, this person is my best friend. They care about me becoming a millionaire, which is like, there are some people who do, but you have to differentiate. Especially, right, YouTube, there's so many people who are honestly selling you overpriced courses that basically they take like, read like three books, package it, read three books for like 10, 15 bucks, and they package it into a $1,000 course. Right, you have to be able to understand it. That's true. I, you know, for me, the advice that I give students is um, creating a board of directors. Um, just, yeah. just like companies have a board of directors, and I would um, find one to two, you know, max three influencers that they, you know, that are credible that they believe in, and follow those, those yeah. per like area, and just follow them. So like. If I wanted to do, let's say, marketing, I, I love Gary Vee. I love yeah. Ryan Dice. I love Russell Branson. Um, yeah. And so I would follow those three people. And, and because if I listen to every marketer, yeah, one says, be drowning like, out. it's like, have you ever seen that where it says like one person would be like the early bird gets the worm? Yeah, yeah. And, and then another person in another Instagram account will be like, the second mouse gets the cheese. And you're like, yeah, all right, yeah. so do you go first and wake up early and get yeah. the worm? Or do you go second and get the cheese if you're in, yeah, and let, no. go, so you don't get hit by the mouse trap? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so there's so much, there's so much advice out there that yeah. you can literally give me any advice and I can tell you that there's an advice that tells the exact opposite. And yeah, so you're yeah. like, wow, what do you do now? Yeah, no, I mean, a lot of this trial and error. So I'm not an early bird. If we didn't have this podcast, I'd be waking up like an hour later. You picked this time. Yeah, yeah. No, so, you, you know, know what? what? Yeah, yeah, look, no, time. no fault to you. It was just like, look, in the morning, I know I'm not going to be busy. I, today's like a busy day. I have to do, I have a networking group that I'm on Tuesday. I have to help someone with their resume. So 
you don't know it's not your fault at all but usually it's like i don't i don't wake up early and a lot of advice is like oh wake up early wake up early right but the thing is for me i know i'm more productive at a certain time i'm it's just look that's just my body i you know some people it's like they naturally wake up at like whatever 7 a.m you know if you naturally wake up at a time you don't use that to your advantage for me like Dude, my natural wake up time is like 11, 12 p.m. But, you know, I sleep later, too, and I adjust it. I do things differently. So it's like I think a lot of it's also trial and error. Sometimes you got to take some, like if you take some advice and it's not working for you, then you know what? Adjust it. Figure out why it's not working. And I think a lot of times ask why behind the advice. So a lot of people say early bird. Oh, you got to wake up early. And why do they say it? Because if you have families, if you have a busy lifestyle, oftentimes the morning is the only time you have that extra time to do things, right? You can't do it at work. You can't do it at home. So that's where that advice come from. Like why you need to wake up early to get into a routine. And the fact is it's, it's not easy. So the fact is if you're taking that extra effort, the fact is if you take any extra effort, you will be more successful than someone who doesn't take extra effort regardless of whether you wake up early or not. When, when is it, when do you know, or what, is there a specific time? When should you quit? Like, so you get advice, like you listen to, to an advice. And, um, and then what I see a lot very often is that they'll execute that advice for one week and be like, Oh, this didn't work. No, you, so right. Like, so when, when is it too early or when is it too late? Like I would when say, should you cut your losses? I would say, a lot of it's feeling with your body. So waking up early, if you, if you're feeling terrible waking up early and you're slow throughout the day, you're not as productive, right. Then waking up early is not for you. Right. Some people stay up later and honestly, it's really trialing. It's really awareness and getting to know yourself. And honestly, that takes a long time. I'm at the point where I'm super productive. I'm getting a lot of things done because I figured myself out where I know, what's draining for me, what's not draining for me, what I'm good at, what I'm not good at. So I think you have to sort of learn yourself. And it's not, it's, and now at this point, like I can do something for like two weeks and I know, look, you know what, this is not about me. But a lot of times you just got to stick to it. So it's like, it's really an art. There's no cookie. You can't have a cookie cutter answer because people are not cookie cutter. Yeah, I, I, you're right. Like, I think it really depends on the advice and stuff like that. Like, if, if, let's talk about it. If we're talking about personal finance in a sense, yeah. right? And, and you're trying to um, create good yeah, financial habits, right? You can't listen to an advice and then expect that you're going to be a millionaire in a week. Yeah, because, like, so you have to also take that advice and say, okay, really, how, how long does it realistically take to execute yeah. and see progress in this advice? Same thing. If I'm losing, trying to lose weight, I can't expect it by tomorrow to lose yeah. 10 pounds. Yeah, don't, so, e- don't expect quick results. I, I yeah, yeah. So, I, you know, I'm just thinking about this. I, I think students that are um, students that if you're looking out for advice, I think you need to vet that advice. You need to take the time to do the research. Um, and once you do find an advice from a credible source, I really think that you should really create realistic goals and saying, okay, how long would it take me to execute this and really follow through it? Yeah. And, and actually see results, right. And not yeah. just give up a week later and then go back to your old ways because then you did yeah. nothing. And same thing with the financial advice. It's like, look at the information. Okay. It's saying spend less than you earn, right? That's a common concept. And it really breaks it down and asks why 22. But then, you know, I've seen some people who are just so extreme to the point where dude, they'll wait on that. They'll wait in line for an hour to save two bucks. Right. Yeah. And it's like, dude, <laughs> at some point your time has value. Your 
you have to realize that. So then it's like, you got to say, why would I wait in line? Like I can do other things. So it's like, you know, finding that balance. I, I think one of the keys to life that I think about is balance. Like you have to have balance in your lifestyle, balance and everything. Cause burnout is a real thing, you know, cause a lot of times you see this hustle, 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 but it's like a lot of those people are spreading those memes. They're just selling to like young impressionable kids. You cannot hustle for 20 hours a day, years at a time. Like I, I'm pretty sure you've read story of entrepreneurs. They go through divorce, they go through issues, they don't see their family. And it's like, you don't want that. You, you can still be successful while, you know, having some sort of balance in your life. Yeah, no, no doubt. Let's transfer this conversation about something that's really important nowadays for, for anybody looking for a job yeah. and that's LinkedIn, right? LinkedIn yeah. has become your, your new online resume. Like it is. Um, your, your LinkedIn is going to be viewed more than your resume, period. No arguments about that. Um, and, I, you know, you've seen to done such a great job at LinkedIn. What are some advice that you have for anybody looking for a job about building a, a strong link, LinkedIn? I would say, honestly, just be a little patient. It takes some time and reach out to people. Honestly, that's something you could do right away. But be respectful. So I tell people. LinkedIn is a good way for people to understand your personality and obviously be careful. Don't show too much, right? Don't talk about certain topics that are not professional, but be a little personal too. So I, I tell people who are looking, just look, share helpful advice, uh, connect with people, you know, comment to add value to things. It's a good way. So it's like, I honestly, I've transferred all the time on social media to LinkedIn and I get crazy returns. And the other thing is when you connect with people, don't ask for referrals. I tell people, ask for advice, ask to set up a phone call, ask to meet up for coffee. Don't ask for a referral because the fact is I can't give out, I can't even give out 20 referrals, right? To a job. I can only give out a handful per posting, right? Because think about it, if I'm the guy who just sends, gives 20 resumes per week to people, they're going to be like, what? I can't trust your judgment. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, ask for advice because it's like, then if I feel comfortable with you and I know you, I know what you're about, I have no issue giving a referral. We were literally just talking about this um, before yeah. the podcast, if you think about it. Like, it's not yeah. about, it's about building the relationship first. I, I agree. Um, I think, you know, like one of the, one of the things... Um, you do so well is you have built such a great network on LinkedIn, right? Like how we got connected is a mutual person that we know yeah. on LinkedIn that connected us. And now we, we know a lot of the similar, a lot of the same people that are create content creators on LinkedIn, but how long have you been on LinkedIn and what are some advice on creating content for students that you, okay. you can see? So what I would say is I've been on LinkedIn for years right? But I really started taking it seriously in March. I forgot why, maybe whatever. I started getting more active. And then I, then the thing is for me, it's like, look, I've taken courses on Facebook ads, like a hundred hour course on Facebook ads. I've read a lot, you know, a lot of marketing books. So as soon as I started getting on LinkedIn, I was like, wow, this is what, how Facebook was in 20, 2011, 2013 in terms of organic reach. And I was like, this is better for me in terms of Facebook because I do Instagram and stuff, but it's like, I don't get the same return. I would say for students thinking about content, it's like, look, if you are attending a event on campus, share it, share what you learned. Hey, I had a great time of 
hearing IBM speak and what I learned from here to two things. This was very cool. Uh, if you go to an event that you volunteer, share about, hey, had a great time volunteering with this. Or if you read an interesting article, just put commentary like, hey, you know, recently it's been saying that this thing, um, I think, you know, AI will impact this industry. What do you think? So do things because it's like, think of professional social content. A lot of people forget that LinkedIn is a so professional social network. So you have to find find the fine line between professionalism and social. So you want to find that you don't want to be too social. Oh, I was out partying last Friday. You don't want that, but you don't want to be too professional that it's like, Oh no, we can't talk about this. We can't have discussion. No, it's just this. Yeah. And then in terms of networking, I know we talked, you briefly talked about how, like when you reach out as reach out for advice and not, and, and not for, yeah. um, asking for, yeah. Yeah. Asking for referrals. What are some, you know, I'm a, I'm a student. I have less than 500 connections, right? I'm, yeah. I'm just starting off my profile. I, I just built up my profile. Essentially, I put a good picture. I put my resume, up, uploaded my resume. So now I have some yeah. little bit of work history. And I'm reaching out to individuals that work at companies that I want to work at, right? What are some, what, what are some advice in the type of messaging, the wording, kind of like, what do you think will give me the best return on like per message? Yeah. Because what I don't want is students to get not... Get, yeah. send 10 messages and they'll get no replies and get discouraged. You know, honestly, I would say, look, be used to people not responding because a lot of people just don't respond because look, they could res not respond for many reasons. Uh, they could have so many messages that they're bombarded that they don't have time. They could not really check LinkedIn. There are a lot of professionals who don't really take it seriously. Like if you have a certain type of job, they just, whatever, they're like, who cares? Like, I'll just check my messages here and there. So don't be discouraged. I tell people like, you know what? You only need one or two people to say yes for it to be worth it. Right. Think about it. It's like even if you send 20, 30 messages, you get one person who wants to meet up. That one meeting is going to be so helpful for you. So I, I try to tell them in terms of that way. And yeah, it's just to be effective. I think it's just like if you can like the post of the person you're messaging, do that, because a lot of people only get like one to three likes. And if you're like number three consistently, you'll have a higher shot. You'll stay on their radar. So if you, you may want to do that, but just be respectful. Like, Hey, I can I ask you a question or two about your industry or about your role? And that's it. And then see how the conversation. So again, you have to get better at the art of conversation because there's yeah. no formula for it. I, I loved what you said about like liking and, and, and their pictures. Yeah. Cause it is so true. Um, so you think back of what LinkedIn was two years ago, three years ago, five years very ago, different, very different, right? People were only on LinkedIn when they were looking for jobs, right? Yeah. So there's a lot of professionals out there that might have a LinkedIn account, but they're not active on LinkedIn because they yeah. just, they're like, hey, I'm happy with my job. Why would I ever even spend yeah, some yeah. time on LinkedIn? But slowly throughout the last couple of years, LinkedIn has done a really good job at bringing influencers like Bill Gates, Tony Robbins, yeah. Gay Vaynerchuk, uh, to provide content because they wanted to be the one-stop shop for all content when it comes yeah. to the workplace right microsoft and they're doing a good is, job they're doing a great job microsoft ultimately microsoft's goal is to take like whenever you think of work you think of microsoft 
And um, over 90% of resumes are done on, on Microsoft Word, right? Yeah. So Microsoft buying LinkedIn was a very strategic move for them to continue to, to take over the workplace, right? And um, so so what I, what I tell students all the time is that um, less than 2% of people on LinkedIn are actually creating content. Yeah. And, and even it's like 1% who, actually, yeah. it's like one or half a percent. Something is super low. Something super low. Right. And even, and I say too, because like, I think a lot of, I think it, even, even, even if there's 1%, regardless, we're talking about yeah, margins very low. here. A lot of them are just sharing something. So this yeah. is the most common thing I see. Um, now companies are getting smart. So their social media departments have a company LinkedIn profile. So then the company would be like, all right, we have new job offers and the, the company posts it, a, a, it creates a post about job opportunities available. And then they have their employees share it because they want to be supportive of yeah, the yeah. that they work for. Well, no one is liking those posts. Yeah, of course, right? they don't care. Yeah. All it takes is for you to like that. And yeah. so what happens is we're all human. And to your point, you're right, because I've seen it happen where a student likes a post about a, a company and it's the only post, only like that yeah. that person gets. You don't think that person's gonna be like, "Who the heck like my post?" Yeah, yeah. Oh, one hundred percent, they're gonna go and check your profile. Because um, look, if, if they're, yeah, yeah. So sorry to cut you off, but think about it. If I, I'm active on LinkedIn, so I get tons of notifications. But for someone who's getting zero likes, yeah, they're getting a noti- their notification is like ten, and you're yeah. one of them. Right. So it's like, yeah. of course, they're going to realize you. They're going to find you. They, they are going to find you. Um, and then it, it's funny, man, because I've seen it. I've seen it. And, and I even seen them where they start engaging with the students post because now they've been posting content. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it's, it's and that's it's how it starts. That's how it starts. It's how it starts. It's how it starts. Um, yeah, yet, man. It, people it, are so accessible on linkedin that's what i love it's like i've connected with ceos of companies yes, you know yes and that it's like it's hard to do that outside of linkedin to the same capacity so here's the thing right like i think about this all the time it's not just linkedin i think about leverage i think life yeah. is about leverage 100%. and i think about where do you have the most leverage because let's let's talk about a ceo of a company yeah you right? can't email them email Right. Oh my God. Let's talk about them. if you wanted to meet them and where is the hardest place to talk to the CEO of, let's say, I don't know, let's pick a company, bro. Uh, I don't know. Um, Amazon. All right. Let, let's Amazon. go. Oh, yeah. All right. Where is the hardest place to meet with Jeff Bezos? Uh, Amazon hard, headquarters. Yeah, yeah. You're not going to meet him. That is the hardest place. <laughs> You will not get a meeting with Jeff Bezos if you were to go to Amazon headquarters. Like you just won't. Why? Because yeah. Jeff Bezos has all the leverage. Yeah. Like, he has all the leverage. He is the boss. He is the king. He is the emperor. Everybody wants his time. You'll get none of it. Right? Yeah. Now, at the same time, where is the easiest place to get Jeff Bezos' time? No, you're right. Some place like LinkedIn. No, I, well, I mean, we're talking about two extremes. I think LinkedIn. Okay, in the yeah, middle. yeah, yeah. All right, yeah, yeah. To me, if I think about it, where, where is where, where does Jeff have the least amount of leverage? And when I think about that, it would be like his daughter's recital. I think I lost you for a second. You there? 
hey, 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 hey you hey, cut hey, off, hey, you cut off. Yeah, yeah I cut but off you said you were talking about where was the easiest yeah, yeah. place. So, so the, and I don't know if he had, Jeff Bezos has any kids, but let's say he yeah. has a daughter, right? And he yeah, has yeah, a seven-year-old daughter, yeah. and she is performing in Florida, right, for for yeah. a dance class, right? He has. If I go to the, his daughter's recital, Jeff Bezos has zero leverage. Maybe he's still such a boss, he might have a little leverage. Yeah, yeah. But, but everybody yeah. in the room doesn't care about Jeff Bezos. Is not there for Jeff Bezos. Is there for his daughter and. If it matters to his daughter, it matters to Jeff. Yeah. Jesus, right? So now you have more leverage than if you were to walk into Amazon headquarters. And so I always think about that because like the same person that goes into a meeting, very, very cocky and positive, that same person in a, in a different scenario is the quiet person in the back of the room. No, hundred percent. And the fact is now you share a commonality. Now you share something else. Now you can go in with a, topic that you guys both share oh hey your daughters and the dancers said oh my son too or my nephew or i went to this school now you can have a conversation and the fact is a lot of networking is done when you're talking about something totally unrelated to the core subject that would benefit you yeah yeah 100 and, and if we bring it all this back to linkedin i think linkedin if you are a student that has put content out there that has built a little following um, that has a good profile and then you find somebody that's an executive, not even a CEO. We don't even go that high, but a hiring manager, a talent acquisition, uh, somebody who's a decision maker yeah. about whether you j- get the job or not. And then you, s- now you have the leverage because there might be the ones looking to build a LinkedIn profile. They might be looking for you. Like, and yeah. so I, that's, that's why I want students or anybody looking for a job to like this, hearing this podcast to be like, I, Put, put yourself in the positions where you have leverage or have more leverage. You might, you might not be able to over leverage someone like Jeff yeah. Bezos, but yeah. Um, think about that. I mean, um, yeah. and I tell people, so, you know, colleges have events where they bring speakers, connect with the speakers after on LinkedIn, right? Again, you're probably yeah. one of the few students that's like actually thinking of that. And they're thinking that capacity. Now it's like that speaker you could now look, it's so much easier to follow up on LinkedIn. Email sort of gets bombarded, like people get so many emails, but now you say, hey, it was great seeing you speak at the event. I'd love to follow your journey. And is it okay if I ever ask you any questions about the industry? Okay. You like their post. Now you message them a month later that you saw something or you see they're speaking at another event. Now you can go to that event and say, hey, you meet them. Now it's like, oh, I saw you speak and I wanted to come because of you. People will be like, wow, you came because of me, right? It's like, yeah. you, gotta, you gotta know how to work. It's like a lot of times, networking and all this thing is like watering a tree you don't grow it, it doesn't grow overnight it takes time yeah. you got to water it you got to put the soil you got to put the fertilizer but by doing that once you do have the full tree you have something that someone can't just do right away so same thing with networking you got to build that and you get better over time you understand things you'll make mistakes but who cares everybody Let- who succeeded has made so many mistakes let me tell you an, a, a piece of advice someone shared with me. Um, me and you have an, one, one other thing in common other than we love LinkedIn, we love helping people, yeah. is that we both um, are speakers. And, yes. and one thing I, I was told, because I have always wanted to be a speaker, and so I surround myself with speakers. And one yes. time a speaker told me, he goes like, if somebody, because I was a caution when somebody gave yeah. me this advice, if a speaker comes to your campus or if you go to a speaker and this is a speaker that had traveled out of town yeah. to speak here, whether it's at a school yeah. or whether somewhere else, 
ask them for dinner, invite them to dinner after their event. Yeah, yeah. Because a lot of times they don't know anybody else on yeah. that, maybe in that city and they don't have any dinner plans. And so yeah, yeah. they will take it. It goes back to that leverage. Aspect. Wow. Yeah. And then look, even if let's say they're busy with dinner, just say, Hey, do you want any food recommendations? Cause people always will value, take yeah. food recommendations from a local, right? It's like, or yeah. hotel, whatever, you know, the area you can say, Hey, you know what, uh, what type of food do you like? And then they say, Oh, I like Thai food or I like, uh, Spanish food or I like Italian food. Be like, yeah, if you want Italian, go to this spot because yeah. now you solve the problem for them and think about it. I tell people in networking, you always have to give something that's high value to them, but low cost to you. Yeah. Only because that's sustainable. Giving a food recommendation, super easy, right? Obviously there are some times where it's like, I tell, you know, you can do more, but that's something you could do repeatedly. No issue all the time. I love it. That's a, in, that's, that is true. And, and how, again, it goes back to how, how can you think of ways where you're adding so much more value to that person, yeah. but it, that doesn't, it doesn't really yeah. cost you or is minimal effort yeah. to you. Um, let's talk about your new podcast, my friend. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your new podcast. So no degree podcast. Yeah. What is it about? Why should people listen to it? Tell, just lay it out, man. So the no degree podcast, I, the goal of it is to help people without college degrees sort of figure out what different paths they have. So a lot of the podcast is focused on the stories of people without college degrees. And they, sh so that, so one of my first few episodes was Jordan Paris and he talks about how he was a personal trainer, how he got the license, the mis what he did to grow in that industry. Then he talks about how he built websites for people, how he learned that. So I want someone to say like, you know what? I could be a personal trainer or you know what? That's not for me, but I could build websites. And then I have someone who's like, who worked in like real estate, you know, the building manager, that sort of stuff. And he talked about the issues he faced and what to expect. Uh, I did an episode with an electrical contractor and he talks about how at 18, he went to, got an apprenticeship, takes seven years to get the license, electrical license, and then his career, how he got into what he got into. So I kind of want to share the different careers. And even if you have a college degree, sometimes the story will teach you a lot. Like, oh, this is how that person moved into this industry. This is how the person got these skill sets. This is how they pivoted. This is the advice they have. And then some episodes go into like how to prepare for an interview. I did one yesterday that's going to come out soon. How to start a job on the right foot. Right. We really broke it. And then we also talked about workplace relationships and how you should be very careful about that. So it's all like helpful career advice. Perfect. And so there you go. And where can they find your podcast? No degree FM. That's the easiest way. And from there you can easily find the link to Apple. You can find the link to Spotify. It's on, you know, almost all the platforms. So, so but no essentially anywhere that you're listening to this podcast right now, you can go and search yeah, no degree.com. You will. Oh, no, no, degree, another degree, another degree. The no degree podcast. And it's, no it's funny podcast. because that's what you have to search the no degree podcast because someone else has a podcast called no degree. It's about reviewing movies. I don't know how that's related, but it's, Man. but yeah, but that's okay because I want it to be called the no degree podcast. I didn't just want to have it called no degree. Love it, love it. Well, my friend, I don't know about you, but this has been an amazing episode. Thank you so much for being on the show. Continue to follow you on. Guys, listen, I'm going to put his LinkedIn 
uh, on the show notes. You need to follow and I, him and connect yeah. with me. Send me messages. Like I'm, I answer. Like after this, I gotta answer like twenty messages because I still yeah, need to my and, messages. And don't just send a connection. Send a message and a connection. Yeah, because um, I get so many connections, but everyone who sends me a message gets a response. At least for now. At least for now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, hey, any last words for the audience? No, look, I tell people, no matter what, be strategic in what you do. Know why you want to go into the field. Do a little, do a little research because oftentimes a little research is way more than most people do. And once you know, have a strategy, know what you want to do it, you will always be different in that. People will be able to see your passion. People will be able to tell you apart. And that will just open up so many opportunities for you. Love it. Love it. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll put all his information in the show notes. This has been an amazing episode. Thank you much for listening. I'll catch you guys on the next episode. made it to the end of the podcast just want to remind you if you are interested in signing up for that free training class on how to land a job with a fortune 500 company head to masteringcollege2career.com forward slash free training to sign up this is a live class so you will be able to ask me questions and remember it's limited to the first 100 students see you there If you're listening to me right now, you, my friend, have made it to the end of the podcast. I want to take some time to thank you and congratulate you for being different and taking control of your career, doing things like listening to this podcast, putting yourself out there and building the experience needed to land your dream job is what's going to set you apart and not be just another statistic. So great job. Keep it up. And if you're enjoying this podcast, Please share it with your friends and make sure you subscribe and leave us a review. Talk to you soon.